Here we go, it's the NBA edition of RJ Bell's Dream Preview. I'm Joe Serralo. Joining me as always, my man Mackenzie Rivers. You can catch him on Twitter at Mac and Rivers. Catch me on Twitter at the Joe Serralo or on Instagram at Joe Serralo. We're going to bring you the latest in what's going on around the association. A lot of COVID impacting the league right now. We'll talk about how that's not only just impacting these teams and players, but also the lines on the big board. Mackenzie, how you doing, my man? Doing fine. Staying safe, staying healthy. Wish I could say the same about professional athletes nowadays. It's crazy out there. Wear your mask, ladies and gentlemen. Absolutely. You know, we were just having a laugh about how I didn't even realize that Giannis Antetokounmpo was in COVID protocols. Uh, Obviously, Russ Westbrook is the headline right now if you go to ESPN's homepage. But the Greek freak, right? Reigning NBA champ, multiple MVPs, and all of a sudden he's got COVID. I didn't even hear about it. That's how bad this is getting again across not only the NBA, but the NFL, pro sports, the country, the world. I mean, crazy times, Mackenzie. And there's good news. Most people uh, that have COVID nowadays have it a lot less severely than they did uh, back in, in 2020, definitely. And we don't know who has COVID and who doesn't. I mean, sometimes it's spelled out, but often it's, oh, well, you're a close contact of a COVID uh, infected person or, uh, you you know, you shared the same uh, elevator with the COVID person. There's plenty ways that you can be out of the game, but as betters, we don't really care. We just care when you start watching the game and half your handicap, like Joel Embiid against the uh, Grizzlies, not there, not there. So the defensive uh, anchor that I was expecting for my best bet, currently 0-1. Sorry, guys, I'll get, get it this time. Get back to Mount 500. But Embiid was a late, late scratch, literally five minutes before the game. They actually announced the starters, and this wasn't COVID, but it's a similar situation. They announced the starters with Embiid in the lineup. He just didn't walk out of the tunnel, back spasms or something. But it's something that you're going to have to live with as an NBA better. And just remember, it can work to your advantage. If you think, oh, this is a back-to-back, this guy's been dealing with a nagging injury, I don't think he might play, just as often as it might you know, mess up your night like it did with me in my best bet last episode. But yeah, Aaron Rodgers' biggest news story when it happened. Lamar Jackson, huge news story when he got COVID. Cam Newton, huge news story. But it is so rampant right now in America and especially in athletics. After Thanksgiving, probably not a coincidence. But teams, buildings are being shut down in the NFL. I think there's 100 hockey players being quarantined right now. It's just something you got to keep in mind when you're betting these games. Who's in, who's out, and who might be. All factors, but that's what we do in Vegas. We predict, we price uncertainty here in Las Vegas, and there's plenty of uncertainty around the world right now. Absolutely. I mean, you know, you brought hockey into the equation there. You look at the Montreal Canadiens right now, they just suspended home fans from attending their games. And, you know, from a better's perspective, you have to wonder, all right, well, what kind of home ice advantage do the Canadians have? Now is it better to, you know, get value on the road teams when they go in there because there won't be? any home advantage. You know, the Canadians have some of the best fans in hockey. These are things that we look at. Obviously, this is a basketball betting show, but across all sports. So let's dive in to the NBA. I mentioned Russ Westbrook has entered league COVID protocols, giving the Lakers now five guys on the COVID reserve list. Russ and Avery Bradley joined the list today. They joined THT, Dwight Howard, and Malik Monk on the list. And the Lakers, by the way, plan to sign Isaiah Thomas in time for tomorrow night's game at Minnesota. You want to talk about COVID impacting a line. Who would have thought in 2021 the Timberwolves would be favored 
against the LA Lakers? Uh, not me. <laughs> Carl, Carl Anthony Towns uh, used to be compared to Anthony Davis when they were both kind of coming up together. And then Anthony Davis got on a rocket ship called being on LeBron James' team, and it's it's not even been close the last few years. But give them credit. They're a 500 team, or a little bit less. They're 13 and 15. And the first time since Tibbs was there, they actually look like a legitimate contender. What I noticed about them is they have a great first quarter scoring margin, third in the league. And I think they're catching teams off guard. Anthony Edwards is probably one of the more athletic shooting guards in the league. People have compared him to a young Kobe, but probably a little bigger and stronger. And then you have D'Angelo Russell, who's unlike, first of all, he's left-handed. That catches people by surprise. You don't see that every day since Nick Van Exel. But he's just the type of player, especially going to the basket uh, with his strength that you don't expect. And I think that catches teams off guard. I wouldn't be surprised to see Timberwolves open up a lead in this one. But I'm like you. I'm a little bit surprised LeBron's going to be there. Anthony Davis is going to be there, all accounts say. To see the Lakers underdogs in this one, even slight underdogs at two points, is a bit surprising. And this number opened up at one and a half about an hour ago. It's pushed up to two. I'm wondering if there isn't a concern in the market that the Lakers' COVID issues, like the Los Angeles Rams' COVID issues, like the Cleveland Browns' COVID issues, may get a whole lot worse in the near future. Yeah, I mean, with a line like this, you have to wonder, okay, first thought, was LeBron impacted, right? Could LeBron, is there a chance, obviously there's about 24 hours to go exactly while we're recording this, is there a chance that LeBron could be a late scratch before this game? Was he close to Russ? Was he close to Avery Bradley, right? This is what runs through your mind. You didn't realize that Odell, after having a great game, was going to go into COVID protocols just minutes after the game ended. So when something like this happens and a line like this comes out, it makes you think, oh, shoot, is there something that we don't know? I will say, though, if LeBron plays and if Anthony Davis plays, I know Minnesota's having a good year. I know that they've won two straight and they've won, I believe, seven out of their last 11. But with that said, LeBron won a championship with just him and Anthony Davis, right? He didn't need Russ to win a ring. So I don't think that he necessarily needs Russ to beat Minnesota. This might be a bit of an overreaction making the Lakers underdogs in this one. Yep. I mean, there is a lot of concerns around the Lakers. They haven't played great. They're 22nd in net rating by cleaning the glass. But I don't think anybody in their right minds has them rated anywhere outside of the top 10, even without Russell Westbrook. Lots of questions in the marketplace right now. I, I would, I'm would, i definitely leaning Lakers. My numbers make the Lakers, even with their injuries, even without Russ, even with their poor play recently. Slight favorites, not big favorites, but slight favorites on the road in Minnesota. Market doesn't agree with me. I think the market might know something or at least be suspicious of something that I don't know. Yeah, and I mean, look, if you look at the trends in a game like this, right, betting aside is risky no matter what because these are two of the worst teams in basketball against the spread. Uh, Minnesota, I believe 13 and 15, same as their straight up record. That's what they are against the spread. The Lakers though, I mean, they're at the bottom, right? With the Knicks and the Nets in most against the spread categories, whether it's being uh, an away team, a favorite, which in this case they are, again, like we've said, surprisingly not, but that might be why there is value on the Lakers in this one, because they're against the spread record is terrible because they're usually, especially much earlier in the year, favored by a fair amount of points. You know, Lakers coming into the season were favored by seven, eight, nine, almost every night. Now they're getting two. I mean, this is not something we're accustomed to seeing. So you might not want to pay too much attention 
to the trends there because this is a line unlike most Lakers lines. Los Angeles Lakers against the spread record, 11 winners, 18 losers. That's 38%. Second in the league, the bottom, second to worst in the league. Do you know, can you guess, we talked about them on our last show, who's the worst ATS team this season? It's got to be my Knicks. No, actually, they are third worst. They are a little bit above the Lakers at 11 and 17. It is the Portland Trailblazers who just dropped two in a row. They're sixes and sevens at the moment. I actually had my three-star, latest three-star on the under in that game, and it's an interesting story how it happened. And I think it's it's an it's, it's uh, one that can help help our listeners. So I'm six and one in my three stars. Uh, pregame.com, check me out. I am not doing that hot on my two stars and one stars, and that makes sense to me because I think there are not that many great opportunities in a week. There are a few, and when it's a three-star, it's like maybe five or six times a month, I think it comes up where the number is just wrong. The market is missing something. But how I get to that is by watching a lot of NBA games up into the lead up of that. And I watched the Blazers. I had them uh, catching one and a half with the Suns. I thought the Suns, you know, crazy winning streak without Devin Booker going up to Portland against a team that had lost nine of 10, just a hungrier squad with a slightly better point guard, in my opinion, and Damian Lillard. I like them to get it done, and they were right there the whole game. But as I'm watching the game, their defense was all right. They clearly cared about the game. Chauncey Billups, I think, stood up the entire second half pointing at people. They were into it. I had my handicap right that the Suns were less uh, desperate for the game than the Blazers, but the Blazers just couldn't score. Their offense didn't make any sense. It was either a forced three by Damian Lillard in the corner, or it was a a pass around the horn to get Nurkic one-on-one. He's scoring 12 points a game. He's not exactly a threat there was no threats on the court outside of Damian Lillard who looks off he's having his worst shooting season of his career under 30 percent from three anyway I say all this to say my frustration my anger I was looking at my ticket looking at the screen why can't we just win this one easy that hit a light bulb for me that made a light bulb for me wait if I'm so mad at these Blazers because their offense doesn't make any sense and they can't score why not bet the under team total for the Blazers the next day, which I did along with the game under. So the fact that you care about the games helps you watch with a little closer intensity, in my opinion. And that is when you look for those light bulb moments. Happened to hit it. Now six and one. That's a 85%, I guess, on my three-star plays. Check me out at pregame.com. But hope to give you a three-star caliber best bet later on in the show. Check it out. Yeah, I know I feel good about mine. I can't wait until we get to that segment. Do you like any plays in this Lakers-Wolves game Friday night? No, no, I don't. I would. I was expecting to like uh, the first quarter for the Timberwolves, but it should be a plus number. It's it's a, it's going to be a minus number. It's going to be minus a half. It means I can't touch it. I do think the Timberwolves, if they have an advantage in this game, it'll catch a shell-shocked team, a limited shell-shocked Lakers team early, but... Lakers, it's Lakers or pass for me, and I, I would need more information on the COVID issues. Yeah, I'm with you on needing more info, but I will say with Russ's absence alone, that to me opens up the door for some rebound props. You know, Russ is the best rebounding point guard in the league, averaging about eight a game, and that's low for him, eight rebounds per game this year. This is a guy who's averaged a triple-double numerous times throughout his career. So that's eight rebounds on the table that someone's got to go grab. And when you have elite rebounders, guys like Anthony Davis and Carl Anthony Towns, who are both averaging about 10 boards per game, 
I'm thinking both of those guys might be plays for the over on their rebound prop. I like that a lot. That is the kind of analysis that is winning in the NBA. I went to go see if what happens when Russell Westbrook's not on the floor. Surprising. He hasn't missed a game this season. Uh, that makes him a rarity in the NBA right now. But I would think him not being there would maybe look at Anthony Davis and LeBron's rebound props. So many rebounds in the NBA are who wants it more, who wants to get the offense going. LeBron's a pretty good guy to get the offense going. He might grab a few loose, few extra loose balls and get over his prop, probably around seven and a half. Yeah, I, I would love that seven and a half number. I think LeBron, a double-double, uh, could be well on its way. Maybe even a triple-double in Russ's absence in this one. You know, we've talked about some of these teams that are so bad against the spread, right? The Lakers, the Blazers, the Knicks. The Knicks. How about the best team? <laughs> How about the best team against the spread in the NBA? The Cleveland Cavaliers. Mackenzie, from what you've seen, what's been the secret to Cleveland's success? Evan Mobley's dope. Darius Garland has made a step. But I think right now you have to give Coach John, uh, J.B. Bickerstaff Coach of the Year at the moment. You mentioned they're the best team against the spread, but it's not even particularly close. I don't think I've seen a 30-game stretch of covers this hot. 24-6, and six, well over 80%. The next best team, Golden State, is 19-9. and nine. So that's a five-game edge. It's a 15 percentage points edge. Honestly, when I see something that glaring, it makes me think this is a team to fade. They are uh, catching lightning in a bottle in a way that's unsustainable. But I would have said that 10 games ago, and they remain this hot. They're fifth in the league in net rating. They're doing it mostly on defense, which again talks about coaching, talks about want to. Cleveland Cavaliers second on defense in the league. Only Golden State's better. 18 and 12, third most amount of wins in the Eastern Conference. It's borderline shocking, and I don't expect them to be a top five Eastern Conference team, but it looks like they're going to make the playoffs, which would have been a distant, distant long shot. It's funny, I've upgraded them four points since the start of the year. They were six points worse than an average team, and now I have them uh, actually five points, one point better than an average team. But every time a line comes out, it seems like I'm behind the market. I think it, it might, it might, they might turn back into a pumpkin in short order, but you got to give them credit for what they have accomplished from a, one of the worst teams in the league to 24 and six against the spread. It's absolutely insane. And I have to say it's to me, one of the best stories in basketball this entire season, not only them against the spread, obviously as betters, that's what you and I focus on, but just the fact that they're winning, that they're 18 and 12, that they're currently, I believe in the fourth uh, seed position in the Eastern conference. I mean, like you said, who had Cleveland even making the playoffs? Now, it looks like they're going to be a lock to finish in the top 10 with the expanded play-in format. Uh, I mean, this is great for basketball, in my opinion, because you have LeBron leaving, going out to LA, and everyone thinks, oh, well, LeBron's gone. Cleveland's going to do what they did last time he left and go right down the crapper. And here they are. They're competing. They're playing, actually, right now, better basketball than LeBron James's team, which is absolutely remarkable to me. So... I think they've exceeded both of our expectations. I remember specifically 12 games into their season when they were, I believe, 10-2 and against the spread, looking at them and saying, all right, well, this can't be sustained. They've almost tripled that streak. They're almost 36 games in, still doing it. Uh, I mean, how much longer, McKenzie, do we keep riding the Cleveland Cavs? It's a game-by-game basis. Like I said, I think, uh, if anything, I would be looking for spots to fade them. 
but it's not like you're hearing a lot of buzz. So that kind of takes me off of it. I know I'm, I'm kind of double talking, but that's the thing about gab- gambling. You ask any great poker player what to do on a specific hand, they'll say, well, depends. You know, did he tip his hat? Uh, is she is she clipped her nails recently? There's all these kind of factors that we think about. So take game by game. I can't tell you to bet on the Cleveland Cavs or bet against them. However, I will say this, and I know it's just a number, but it's just one person's opinion. It happened to be the whole world's opinion, the Vegas market's opinion. You could bet any amount of money on this, but if the Cavs win nine more games, they will jump over their season win total of 26 and a half. They have 18 wins. They're expected to win 27 all season. One of the more remarkable short-term turnarounds. You mentioned LeBron just left there. He just left them for dead not too long ago, and they're not dead. They've resurrected. And by the way, their top draft pick, Colin Sexton, is out for the season. He's been out, and they haven't even missed a beat. Yeah, you know, I'll be honest. I was the first one when they signed Jared Allen to say, what is the point of that? You've got Evan Mobley. Why would you need Jared Allen down there? It's a three-point shooters league nowadays. No one appreciates a big man more than I do. I I love and miss old school basketball, but that's just not the direction that the league's been trending in for the past decade. And Jared Allen, with especially with Sexton down, I mean, you can argue he's been their best player this year. He has been absolutely incredible for Cleveland. And not only on offense, where I think he's exceeded everyone's expectations for him, he's averaging 17 points per game. But of course, we know the threat he poses on defense. I mean, he's giving them such a great two-way presence He's earned so far, I think, every penny of that contract. A lot of people, myself included, uh, really looked at and said, wow, does he deserve all that? Jarrett Allen, number nine currently in player efficiency rating by ESPN. Playing 33 minutes a game. He has a 25 power rating, or PER. By the way, number 10, just behind him, Anthony Davis. Wow. Jarrett Allen is definitely getting that contract, and he's – relegated Kevin Love Love to the bench, only playing 20 minutes a game, but he's actually playing really well in that role. Also a 22 PER, uh, elite level play, or not elite level, but all-star level play by Kevin Love in his limited minutes. Yeah, and look, when you're a guy like Kevin Love, who we all know who he was at his peak, we all know that there is a strong argument to be made that he is a Hall of Famer, certainly was a Hall of Fame caliber player in Minnesota, just on some awful teams. Uh, I mean, now at this point in his career with injuries and just being as weathered as he is, getting him in that bench role 20 minutes a game, that's ideal to me. I think a lot of teams would love a guy like Kevin Love, uh, no pun intended, for 20 minutes a game to come out there and give them the type of hoops we all know he's capable of. Makes me think that someone's going to someone's gonna pull the trigger. One of these contenders like the Sixers that has a big contract, maybe the Lakers, they can send a big contract that way. He's a perfect bench player for a contending team because not only does he have playoff experience but he's also just the kind of player rebounder defender three-point spreader of the court that can help a contending team that has everything else yeah you know the Lakers would be really interesting not only of course would that reunite him with LeBron but Kevin Love is a SoCal guy played his college ball at UCLA get him out there in the Staples Center or whatever it's going to be called, I guess the the cryptocurrency.com center, whatever the hell it is, you get him out there with LeBron, AD, Russ. I mean, that could be a missing piece. We all talk about the Lakers. They're star-studded, but they're not the deepest. That could be huge. Question is, will Cleveland, who's looking to contend themselves this year, make that move right now, McKenzie? I say no shot in hell. No, why would you mess up the apple cart? I mean, this team's actually going to make the playoffs. Again, a shocker. They were expected to win 27 games. They won 20 
or they're going to win 20 before the end of the year. Uh, it's pretty impressive. Yeah, to say the least. Let's get into some upcoming games. We're going to stick with the Cleveland Cavaliers here. You know, this this is a team that has covered in 13 straight. Last night against the Houston Rockets, they were nine and a half point favorites. That actually scared me, even though they're a much better team than Houston. I thought that was a big number. What did they do? Well, they went against the Rockets team that had covered nine out of their last 10, and they only beat them by 35 points. So now, Saturday, they head to Milwaukee. They are a game behind the Bucks in their division standings. And your projections have the Cavaliers, despite how incredibly they've been playing, getting three points against a Bucks team that has no Giannis. Yes, and I'll explain how I get to that number. Milwaukee, right now, one of the best, there's really four teams in the league that are atop of my power ratings with a big, big gap before you get to number five in Brooklyn. And those teams are Golden State. Utah, Phoenix, and Milwaukee. All of them have about five and a half points better than an average team, all about tied for number one. Well, Milwaukee isn't five and a half points better than an average team today. They were yesterday, not today, because Giannis is in COVID protocols, two-time most valuable player in the league, finals MVP. I do have him also at the top of my player value list as far as his effect on the point spread. That takes them all the way from five and a half points better than an average team to about an average team. And the Cleveland Cavs, 18 and 12, great record. 24 and 6 against the spread, amazing record. But I can't get them. I haven't gotten them. I slowly tick these power ratings up as you beat expectations. I still can't say they're an average team. They have no starters uh, that anybody wanted before this season, no all stars. Most teams do. In a 30 team league, most teams have uh, one or two of the 24 all stars. Cleveland doesn't, despite their great record, I have them worse than an average team, minus one point record. All right, so it's they're a point worse than the Bucks. Bucks have a two two and a half point home court advantage. Gets to that one, um, gets to that three point number. I kind of like Milwaukee, and I know we just talked about how great the Cavs are. JV Picker staff, give them coach of the year, but this is a stat that blew my mind, and it's something that I've come back to, and I keep expecting it to regress, and it hasn't. The Milwaukee Bucks are 40 winners, 40 and 12 against the spread the last three years against division opponents. So that's the Bucks. I mean, that's the Pacers, the Bulls, the Pistons, and the Cavs, the other central division opponents. And you might, I, for a long time, I thought it was, oh, well, Giannis has some sort of mental bully uh, edge over these teams. But even in the five games that Giannis hasn't been there, just like it, it happened against the Pacers, 15 point win as slight favorites. Again, Coach Bud's team, that system, that rinse and repeat system, for whatever reason, these familiar opponents have no answer for it, and they've just gotten drubbed game after game after game. The Cavs, great story, still not an average team. The Bucks, even without Giannis, about an average team, and they seem to have a matchup here, advantage here. So I'm looking at, I'll make that a bet. I'll make that a like. I like Milwaukee Bucks. If the number comes out where my projections make it, about Bucks minus three. By price, three and a half. Other than, after that, I, I do not bet it. All right. Well, you know what? I thought we agreed too much last episode. So I, I like this because I'm fading you big there. And by big, I mean Cavs money line big. Okay. Here's my thing. You've got Milwaukee, who I love that stat. 40 and 12 against their division last three seasons. Uh, this year alone, they're five and one against the spread with division uh, against division opponents. Who is going to be the answer for Jarrett Allen, right? A guy we just talked at length about 
without Giannis, who has the athleticism and the size, not just the size, but the combination of those two, to neutralize Jarrett Allen. I don't know if anyone on the Bucks does except for Giannis. And if you look at the rest of the Bucks numbers against the spread this year, 13 and 17 overall, below average. They've covered just five out of 14 games at home, barely above a 33% clip. And as a home favorite, they're just four and eight against the spread. That's exactly a 33% clip. Last number I have on Milwaukee, in the second leg of a back-to-back, remember they play tomorrow night, Friday night against the Pelicans. They are just one and four against the spread. We both liked them, I think, the other day against Boston. That was the second game of a back-to-back, and what did they do? They came out flat. Now, Cleveland, we know the numbers, right? Depending on where you look, they vary a little bit. I think my uh, my numbers have two pushes. Yours, I believe, was what, 24-6, and six, you said? Mine is 23-5-2 and two against the spread. After a win, 14-2-1. They like confidence. They like momentum. They ride them both. On the road, 11-2-1, and, and as a road dog, 10-2-1. They've been a road dog in all but one game away from home for them with a rest advantage like the one they'll have. They're 3-0 against the spread. And they are also, this season, small sample size, but we're talking this season, 3-0-1 against the spread within their division. Man, I'm saying forget the three points that they're getting. I'm going Cavs money line in this one. I like it. We talked about how in a game of runs, which, I mean, by the way, I said I like it. I don't like it. I think you're wrong. I think you're going to lose. <laughs> I like the analysis, and I like the fact that we're disagreeing. So often, I hear these betting shows where it's like they're not even listening to each other, where it's like yada, 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 Chargers, yada, 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 Chiefs. And they're like, oh, oh, all right, moving on, as if no one had any point of contention there. We're putting our money up here. Let's talk it out. I actually think you talk about how Jared Allen can't be neutralized. You might be right. This is really a style of matchup thing because the Milwaukee Bucks take a ton of threes, a ton of threes. They make a great percentage of them. I think Jared Allen in a game like that, in a game where every Bucks stop is going out to a fast break three, can't be as effective as he can be in a more half-court oriented game. So that is one reason why I appreciate your disagreement. And I also like the fact that we talked about how the points close to the middle because of the runs close to zero, really out to five and six, I think are less and less valuable. So if you're getting plus three and a half, yeah, take a shot on the money line with at least part of your bet. That makes a lot of sense to me. But I wouldn't do it here because in this case, Joe is wrong and the Bucks are going to cover the three if it comes out of that number. Or maybe the Vegas market will agree so much with me that they'll even be a bigger favorite and then I'll be off it. But you were surprised at my projection uh Giannis list, who do you think is the better team? Bucks without Giannis, Cavs right now. Because that's the question. If if they're even teams, this is two, two and a half. I'm saying the Bucks are slightly better. That's why I think three. What do you think? I mean, that's tough. You know, I, I would say I would lean Milwaukee slightly better even without Giannis. I mean, Middleton, when he's on, can be an elite scorer. And then you've got Holiday, one of the best two-way point guards in the game. But... I don't know. I mean, I you know, something is something has to be said for streaks and it's not like this is lightning in a bottle like we mentioned before. This is a consistent streak for Cleveland. And you know, just looking at the rosters, I would say Milwaukee's still slightly more talented, but the way the Cavs are playing, man, I just think that without Giannis, the Bucks have fallen flat on their face a few times already this season. I I think Cleveland, you mentioned it with the Trailblazers and uh 
who were they playing in that one? Was it Blazers Lakers or Blazers Suns, right? Yeah, Blazers Suns, yeah. You mentioned the hungrier team in that one? Yeah. The Bucks know they'll probably be a top two seed come the end of the year. The Cavs, even though right now they're in that four seed spot, nothing is given. I think they're a lot hungrier. I think Giannis being off the court makes it doable. Yeah, I'm going to stick with that Cavs money line. Do you have a money line number, by the way? I'm assuming if they're three-point dogs, it's going to be about plus 150. Yes, that is correct. That is a good guess. Yeah, that, and that's what I love. And then to your point, by the way, I uh, I do have a note here that says if the line was to be anywhere between plus four and plus six, that's when you take the points. Uh, three and a half or below, I'll go money line. Four or above, uh, take the points because that's when free throws come into play. You know, I don't think if the Cavs are down by one with a minute and a half to go, I don't think they're going to lose by, you know, they're either probably going to win outright or lose by, you know, four, five, six, like we've discussed. So anything three and a half or lower, I'll go money line four or above. I will take the points. That's fair enough. And I thought you actually did a pretty good job because I thought I had you. When you said the Bucks were a better team without Cavs, I'm like, okay, well, obviously the audience knows who to bet now because you just conceded the point. But there's a difference between who do we think is better in a vacuum and who do we think is better for a particular matchup right now and rj bell of pregame.com our fearless leader has talked about this a few times there is such a thing there is psychology does play a factor the Cavs have to be super excited right now about what's going on they also have to be super ready to beat the bucks that have knocked their doors off so consistently recently the past three years that might get you over. Say, okay, the Bucs are a better team. Their power rating should be this. But I like the Cavs in this spot. Doesn't me. Doesn't me. I like the Bucs here. Let's move on to the next game, though. Good, good, healthy disagreement. Yeah, I love it. I love it. Let's see. Something tells me we'll be agreeing on this one. It's a Friday night ESPN game. The Golden State Warriors are three-point favorites on the road as they head to the TD Garden to take on the Boston Celtics, who are 500. They're 14-14 and 14 on the year. McKenzie, what are your thoughts about this game? Well, he did it. Steph Curry has become the three-point leader in history. The question is, how does that affect the team? Do they take their foot off? Doesn't sound like the Warriors that I know. The Warriors always have been a team. I mean, they did it when they went 72-8 and eight or whatever. 72, uh, 73 and 8. 73 and 9? 73-9, yep. I was watching Kobe, Kobe's last game, so I never, I never find out what finally happened with that. It's funny that that was the same <laughs> night, right? But anyway, my power ratings make the Warriors two and a half point favorites here. I'm not surprised that the market loves the Warriors, has pushed that up to three right now is our consensus number at pregame.com. The Celtics finally got off the snide and ended their losing streak with a big win over the Bucks. But the only thing I would say is that the Warriors are in a classic spot, let down. They're on national TV several times in a row, had this huge uh, momentous moment with the hug and Ray Allen in Madison Square Garden. I don't think they're the kind of team that takes their foot off the gas, especially against, uh, especially at a facility like TD Garden in Boston. That's the kind of place that you win at or that you, you play a good game at. It's memorable at also like Madison Square Garden, which, by the way, you recommended uh, the folks out there bet Golden State at Madison Square Garden. Nice win in cover. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, that, that one worked out well for me. You know, the Warriors, they're not a team that is going to say, all right, mission accomplished, Steph got the record, right? They're a team that, especially after last season, 
after the disappointing season uh, that they had a year ago, getting bounced in the play-in round of the NBA playoffs, the Golden State Warriors are a team that wants to win 70 games again, right? It's especially you look at the West compared to the East, you look at Phoenix and Utah, you might have to win, you know, 67, 68 games to get that one seed. And Golden State is on a mission, right? The record's great, but I don't think Steve Kerr cares all that much about the record. I don't even think Steph Curry, truthfully, cares all that much about the record compared to winning games and winning rings. And and you know, it's funny because the NBA is the sport I say more than any other professional sport where your head coach matters the least. And especially on a talented team like this, you know, I I think you or I could coach the Warriors and they can still go win 60 games when you have Steph, a healthy clay, Draymond, uh, Wiggins playing like the top pick he finally uh, has shown to be, James Wiseman, the rookie, etc. But Steve Kerr, he matters. He does matter. And, And in a different way than a guy like Popovich, who can take a bunch of sixth men and, you know, make a deep playoff run, Steve Kerr is... Don't forget a former teammate of Michael Jordan's. So winning will always be the top uh, item on Golden State's agenda as long as he is at the helm, above any personal accolade. And going into Boston, national TV, I think with a coach like Steve Kerr and a star like Steph Curry, that national TV still does matter to the Warriors. Even though they're on it every week, I think it still does matter. And I think they're going to go out there and this is a very generous line for them. You know, we mentioned Cleveland's obviously covering nearly 85% of their games. Golden State covering two-thirds of their games. That's the second best mark in the league. Boston is just around 500 in almost every single cover category. The one that stood out to me, though, is that at home, they're only five and six. And I know that's close to 500, but the Celtics much better on the road against the spread than at home. They have not been good at TD Garden. And Golden State doesn't matter on the road at home wherever they are with this kind of rest too a couple days off they're four and one against the spread with two or three days rest I think the Warriors are ready to go one person we haven't mentioned we actually did mention last time as a bonus best bet plus 200 on Draymond Green to win defensive player of the year currently at DraftKings that's ticked down to plus 150 Brady was plus 150 in the NFL to win MVP had a good game now it's minus 180. I think we're going to see a similar thing with Draymond Green here. Rudy Gobert's great. He might be a better defensive player. The narrative of the comeback of the Warriors and the Warriors defense, number one ranked defense in the league right now, I think will be the dominating narrative of that particular award, leading to Draymond Green winning it. I mentioned this stat last time. They keep doing it. 16 out of the last 17 games, the Warriors have held their team under their team total. Vegas has been surprised about the Warriors' good defense. Literally 16 out of the last 17 contests. Very impressive stuff by the Warriors. We see right here they open the total at 214. A little back of the napkin math. That puts this right around 106. 106, 109. Uh, Celtics Warriors, maybe 105 and a half will be it. I think that is a great underplay Celtics under 105 and a half would be my best bet for this game. Yeah, I, I, I like that under a lot. I'm thinking total-wise that this one could shape up to be about Golden State 104, Boston 97. I really like the under in this one, but not as much as I like Golden State minus the three. Even better if you can get a minus two and a half. I just think that this is going to be a Warriors win, 
and I, I think it's going to be a win by at least six or seven. All right, I like that. I like I like ninety four one oh seven. That works for me. <laughs> there you go. Hey, let's get into our best bets, Mackenzie. I want to start off with you. Give you a chance at a little redemption here. I do feel bad, by the way. I, I'm very tempted. I don't know what R.J. Bell would approve of, but I'm very tempted to give you a mulligan because Joel Embiid was a very last second scratch. Oh, it doesn't matter how last second it is. The fact is we give you our best analysis when we record currently Thursday night. That was a Sunday night. And what happens between then and Friday happens. We do our best. I'm not going to sweat one loss. Like I said, check me out on pregame.com. Three-star plays have been excellent opportunities so far this season. The goal is 55%. been a little bit hotter than that with my three-star plays. 85%, but who's talking? Uh but it's just one data point. Sometimes a guy is going to get thrown out that you want in. Some guy, a guy is going to be a late addition that helps your cause. So with all that said, for my best bet, let's go out to Utah. I will not be playing the Utah Jazz, one of my favorite teams to play because of their spurt ability. They can often catch big numbers because of the threes they take, the way they play defense. Very Milwaukee Bucks-esque often has them having huge margins. However, the San Antonio Spurs under Greg Popovich are not about that. They are slightly below average team. I have the Jazz as the number one team in the league, five and a half points better than average. The market is catching up to the spurt ability of the Jazz, and they're adjusting their numbers upward, I think, too much for a prideful team in the Spurs. I have this power rated as Jazz minus Nine and a half, that's giving the Jazz an extra point for their great home court advantage historically. Still only nine and a half. This number right now is 12. So I like the San Antonio Spurs to cover. Think about the pride of Greg Bobovich. He just lost to the Hornets without LaMelo Ball. Gordon Hayward threw 41 up on him. He lost by 16. I just queried it. Since 2003, Greg Bobovich has been the Spurs coach longer than that, but my database only goes back to 2003. So tough cookies. Since 2003, when the Spurs have lost by 15, they are 197 and 167 in their next game. That is 54% over a 300-game sample size. Given that DeJounte Murray is in the running for most improved player, he's going up against a Mike Conley and a Donovan Mitchell, particularly Mike Conley, who's taken a big step back this year. I like the Spurs to play with pride, have a, a guard that can stay with their guards, and make this a contest. This is 11 and a half. It's 12 point number. This is not a game that's going to be comfortable. I'll probably be, uh, Jazz will probably go on 10 0 runs several times in this game. But the dog is the right side here, in my opinion. Take the Spurs in the bounce back spot. Jazz don't really need the game any particular reason. Spurs cover the 12 point line. I mean, I totally get it. It goes back to why I like Cleveland against Milwaukee, why you liked Portland against Phoenix. I mean, pride matters, especially in the regular season when NBA teams probably take regular season games off more so than any other sport. Uh, I think it's a good play. You know, Utah's one of my favorite teams to bet. Sounds like they're one of yours as well. But Popovich is, you know, he's one of the best coaches of all time for a reason. And uh, I think that it's a great play. My best bet is a game we already touched on. It's the Warriors. Minus two and a half in Boston Friday night. I would even do minus three. I see two and a half is the best one I can find. So I'm going to ride with that. My best bet hit last time. It was a Warriors prop. It was Steph under six and a half threes Monday night. Sorry, we should talk about that. Joe's Sorallo 
Catch him out on Twitter at the Joe Sorello. His best bet did hit. He had Steph Curry under six and a half threes, laying about minus 140. And you guys didn't get to hear it because of technical issues. Sorry about that. Won't happen again. Oh, I forgot that was clipped. I totally forgot that was clipped, so the public missed out on it. Well, look, the logic I gave that apparently didn't make the cut, folks, was just that, you know, Steph setting the record in Indiana was never going to have the same lore that setting it at Madison Square Garden would. I figured he would tie it. I thought he would get six. He ended up getting five in Indiana. And then, of course, the rest is history. Sets it Tuesday night in the Garden. So I'm sticking with the Warriors for my best bet. This time I'm taking the side, though. Minus two and a half in Boston Friday night. Lock it in. They've had two days to let the noise surrounding Steph's record settle. They're back to business. This is it. Another game. It's business as usual. Golden State minus two and a half. My best bet. Celtics working Jalen Brown back into the equation. I tend to agree with you. I tend to like the Warriors in a spot where you think other teams might be flat, where the Brooklyn Nets, the current Brooklyn Nets and their big three might be flat, where the Heatles back in the day might have been flat. The Golden State Warriors, something about that culture, they like playing ball together. They like showing up and giving it their all win, lose, or draw. So I don't think they'll be flat. And given that, they are a much superior team to the Celtics that don't have the home court advantage they used to. I endorse it. Not a bad play, Joe. You know, it's funny because you mentioned that Golden State, they like playing ball together. And I use the term business as usual, but it really doesn't ever look like business when you watch Golden State because they're having fun. It looks like a fun pickup game. And oh yeah, by the way, this pickup game just so happens to contain the best shooters in the world, plus Draymond Green to be the bully. Like that's what it is, Warriors basketball. It's fun pickup hoops. You have your enforcer and a bunch of guys who can shoot lights out. And, uh... And it makes for fun basketball. It also makes for really consistent basketball. And that's what us betters care about is consistency. Golden State, like I said, second best team in the league against the spread right now, only behind the Cleveland Cavaliers. Well, for Mackenzie Rivers, make sure that you go check him. It's at Mac and Rivers on Twitter. Catch myself. He already said it at the Joe Serralo on Twitter and at Joe Serralo on Instagram. This has been our second episode of RJ Bell's Dream Preview, the NBA edition.